how does one need to show up in order to create a context for people to be the best versions of themselves and do their best work? What are the practical skills and tools that boost one's practice of leadership in order to do that? These are the challenges that we as leadership practitioners approach every day as we observe and coach people in all kinds of roles, in all levels of organizations, and at organizations of various sizes. In this podcast, we'll share our experiences, the experiences of the people we support, and what we see as working. I'm Jonathan Rosenblatt. And I'm Marlene Jabrowski. Welcome to the Leadership Practitioner Podcast. Hey, Marlene. Hey, JR. You know how we keep talking about the leadership practitioner as one who creates a context for people to be the best version of themselves and do their best work? Yeah, people. I had a very interesting uh, thought come to me that we never actually talked about how we think of people in this, funny enough, in this context. Yeah, because the way we're using the word people, when we kind of compare it to the way we notice some other people are using the word people, we're using it in a really specific way. When we're talking about creating a context for people, people in this case is not an entity. Rather, it's the summation of all of the individuals in the context, and together, it makes people. And let's maybe spend some time unpacking why that definition is important. A lot of folks use the word people, maybe synonymously with organization. People might be group. People might be team. People might be my department. All these different ways in which people are grouped together into groups. So when we say people, how is it different from that? When we're talking about people and and going back to that definition, again, that I said before, as a summation of individual needs, what you're you're really doing is, is acknowledging the fact that there are individuals there and that each individual has their own set of needs and that their own set of, you know, if we go back to a previous episode that we talked about, their own definition of what safety is, their own definition of, you know, the intention that they show up with. And I find that when you sort of lose that, that notion that there are those individual instances of all of those things, what ends up happening is that you it's almost like you dilute what's going on to sort of like the lowest perceived denominator, if you will. Right. I mean, if we if we just look at it like a really kind of a silly example, if your favorite color is red and my favorite color is blue, does that mean that the team favorite color is purple? And if we painted everything purple, would everyone on the team be happy? Right. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> we say team here, but really it's the context that we're talking about, right? A team is a form of context. Right. And so in that example, if we don't get specific about the, in this case, the color choices of the individual people, but, you know, color choices are a quick reference, but we could be talking about safety needs. We could be talking about certainty needs. We could be talking about um, what you think is fair versus what I think is fair. Um, we could talk be talking about intention. Pretty much any aspect that as people, as, as individuals interested in creating a context for people to show up as the best versions of themselves, we know that this is a individual exploration. Like we get curious with individual people. And then that's how we don't end up with that false picture when we're talking about a group of people 
where we've decided that what this group of people needs is purple, when in fact, what this group of people needs is a mix of red and blue. Just continuing down on that thought, if we were to go down that path and say, okay, well, you know, the, this context color choice is purple, what are we actually saying? We've thingified people, right? Like we've lost that sense of the fact that those individuals have feelings. Yeah, I want to say it. Can I say it? You know where I'm going with this. Do it. Okay. So at that point, we might as well just start calling people resources and be done with it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, cogs in a machine, pieces of a system, right? Where where they can be described using categories like purple. Mm -hmm. So when I'm when I find myself in these types of situations, I like to sort of flip it around. And rather than looking at, and I kind of said this before, like sort of like the, what is the lowest perceived denominator of this, of everybody here in this context and sort of landing on that. I find in these types of situations, if I truly show up with the intention of creating a context where, again, these people can be the best versions of themselves, I use that as an invitation to rather than dilute it down, I like to invite it to to elevate up. And what I mean by that is making a point of even more so putting in that connection and even more so exploring curiously and all of the different practices of the framework so that by myself operating at that level higher within that context, my hope is that I invite others to come to that same level also realize that everybody around them within the same context too is an individual and then also get curious about what does a connection mean with the other people in this context? What does exploring curiously their point of view mean in this context? And I find that if I can do that, kind of showing up as a leadership practitioner, showing up with that intention and inviting others to do that simply by seeing the rich data, if you will, that I can get and, and then put back into the context that they too would then do the same. And it's, it's been a really funny experiment because some people, like when they get it, they get it and they tune in. They're like, wow. Others who are, are, are not necessarily in tune to connection and empathy and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I've seen various degrees of it. Some will miss it altogether, miss the invitation altogether. Some might be confused by the invitation. But I find that if you sort of kind of stay in that mode of invitation, eventually they come around. Well, what I've noticed in groups is that a couple of people will pick up on the language and immediately begin to find it meaningful. So um, now we're not saying, hey, it's safe here, right? Instead, we're saying, well, what does safety look like? And a couple of people will feel inclined or get why that's an important question and then begin to speak to it. And other people, they might glaze over a bit. Other individuals might glaze over a bit or this isn't that meaningful to them. Yet, as they continue to do their work, what they sometimes do notice, this is what I've observed, is that they may notice that the group as a whole has begun to shift away from groupthink. They'll notice that there are more ideas on the table. They'll notice that although we're entertaining a lot more possibilities, we're you know, coming to decisions often quite effectively. And so it's not so much that everyone picks up on this because from their perspective, that's just, that's just not the way they're wired. That's not where they're, they're coming from. But they do notice the effect and they appreciate the effect. 
So it even even just a couple of people within a group of people doing this, what I've noticed can actually change the tone enough to begin to create the conditions for it, I don't know, sparking something really different within a group of people. Yeah. And and I think that spark is ultimately what can have a lasting impact on that context, right? And, and hopefully when you do it enough times, that context can repeat for that set of people. And then maybe, just maybe, as those people branch off and do, you know, show up in the instances where they are, where they're the ones trying to create context for people to be the best version of themselves, that that kind of sparks like, hmm, that feeling that I got from that other context, let's say with Marlene, that feeling was really amazing. And so now I'm going to try to recreate that here. Mm-hmm. I've had people approach me afterward and say, well, how did you do that? And they were present. They could perceive the difference. They could see the effect. They liked the effect. And they weren't conscious about what was different. And what was different was that I was modeling connecting with people as individuals. And they weren't quite ready to perceive that yet. Mm -hmm. But they could perceive the effects. And then later on, they would try to do the same thing. And and maybe it wouldn't have the same effect. And then they, they would come back and they would come back to myself or other people who were part of that context and say, well, well, what's different? And often that's the piece. When we work with a coachee who is working with a group of people and I mean, obviously, you know, you, you can start along a spectrum. If, if they're referring to everybody as a resource or telling them how they're feeling, that's a place to start. But even in instances where people have a really intuitive, compassionate relationship to the group of people they're working with, if they're still working within a system that is asking them or, or nudging them to think about kind of optimizing the group, mm-hmm. right? And they're, they're steeped in that organizational idea that to, and I'm going to use the word team again, but, but team can be any group of people with a shared goal. And th- but they're often organizationally asked to form teams. And that often is understood as, well, just name the people. And once you've got the people, treat all the people the same and make the same thing happen. And what they were putting their, not quite able to put their fingers on, but were nevertheless able to experience the difference and came back kind of on a second take and said, well, well, well what was that difference? The difference was we weren't proceeding organizationally. We were proceeding person by person by person by person. And that that was qualitatively different in effect. You're reminding me of back in the day when I was on my own leadership practitioner journey and and kind of starting to figure all this stuff out. I would often walk out of, of situations where, you know, it was like, because what we're talking about here, you know, really acknowledging and and, and respecting individual needs and, and not thingifying people, not bringing things to this collective definition of people, there's a natural tendency to want to see an immediate result. And so I would walk out of these, you know, these interactions, these contexts, whatever. And I would be like, oh, like, I don't, like, I don't know. Did I, sh- I, I, I think I showed up with that intention. Um, I think I did it, but like, I, I don't know. I don't have, I don't have the data to say one way or the other. Did I make a difference? Did I not make a difference? How do I know? I don't know. And I, like, I went about this for, for quite some time because I was looking almost like for the, this transformational shift 
overnight. And it took a lot of persisting with it and coming back to that invitation, coming back to that invitation and just doing the same thing. And eventually at some point, it kind of clicked in that it's like, you know what? I'm looking at the wrong thing. Just even someone detecting that there's a difference and asking about it, or maybe not even asking about it, but maybe um, reciprocating or modeling the same thing in their interaction with the context. I'm like, hmm, I am making a difference. It might be it might be a smaller difference. It might not be this earth shattering, you know, overnight type of change. But first of all, I mean, I learned this the hard way. People don't change that quickly. But more so, it allowed me to see that even though sometimes it doesn't feel like I was making a difference, I was doing something because there was a shift. And in even in the smallest of ways, people noticed and did something with that, whatever it meant to them, but they did something with it. And it was an amazing sort of way to think about, yeah, people are not like this concept of people is not a thing. People are a summation of all these different individuals and every individual in the context is going to respond in a completely different way. And that complete different way is the beauty that I was looking for. Mm -hmm. It's a different approach to changing a system because you, you you do not go head on, we're going to change the system. It's more... What is the individual impact? What is the individual effect? What are all of these relationships doing? And then cumulatively, oh, hey, we've changed the system. Yeah, all these individual effects are what creates the context, right? Mm-hmm. That was that was the kicker that, I mean, it sounds kind of obvious to me, at least now when I say it, but it was not obvious to me at all in the moment because I didn't know what to look at. And now looking back at it, which again is funny because- the reason why I became aware of this thing was because I saw it modeled to me. I didn't know what was going on at that particular point in time. It was only when I started to be like, hmm, what's different here? And then I said, I don't know what's different. I like it. So I'm going to do it too. It was only after those additional connections that it actually clicked in and, and started making sense. So I'm curious what our listeners take away from this conversation. And I'm wondering when you're out in the world engaging with people, what are the tells? What helps you understand that you are engaging with individuals and not this sort of group think, thingified idea of people? What tells you that you're really in the zone of connecting with people as individuals? How do you know that you're doing that? And then similarly, how do you know when you're not? Mm-hmm. And when you detect that you're not, what can you do in the moment to flip it around? Thank you for listening to the Leadership Practitioner Podcast. We invite you to share your thoughts on this episode and your thoughts on how you practice leadership. Join us in the Leadership Practitioner Connection, our community of like-minded practitioners who aspire to create a context for people to be the best versions of themselves and do their best work. You can find it at leadershippractitioner.org slash connection. This podcast is listener supported. If you find value in what you've just heard, please consider supporting us. Monthly subscriptions start at zero dollars.